I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 2. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and if you've ever spent any time studying in Acts chapter 2, you know that what took place after Jesus ascended into heaven, after he went through that moment where he gathered together with the disciples there on, the, uh, on that hillside before he ascended into heaven, he gave them his marching orders March, uh, you know, from Mark 16, Matthew 28, Acts chapter 1. Uh, we see in many different places God very specifically through his son Jesus told us what we're supposed to do. But in Acts chapter 2, what the church did, it's kind of got a genesis there, uh, that those gathered on that hillside, they went back to a room and they prayed. And they spent time praying that God would, would be with them, that God would give them strength, that God would give them everything that is needed to go out and to change the world according to what God specifically told them to do. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see that the Holy Spirit came just as Jesus promised. And when the Holy Spirit came... Uh, people were confused because all of a sudden they were given a, a supernatural power to be able to speak with the authority, with the power that comes through uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And this passage that we're going to get into today is when the Apostle Peter, after that took place, Peter got up and he began delivering a message to uh, that, that very early beginnings of the church. He began preaching a message that would cast the vision for the church, but also would bring about the change that was needed in that culture, but today the same change that's needed in ours. And so I want to read this passage to you uh, from Acts chapter 2, beginning with verses 22 and following. And it just simply says this as we continue our series on how to run the race. Today, we're going to talk about how to continue to run that race. It says this in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 22. People of Israel, listen. Again, remember, Peter speaking. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and you killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Now, I share this passage with you today because, honestly, it's a passage that not normally is part of the Acts chapter 2 story. Many times people will spend time in the first part of Acts chapter 2, or they will spend time in the end part of Acts chapter 2 when it talks about how that the church went out and began doing all the things the church was supposed to do. That, that people, it literally says, were added daily to those being saved. People were coming to Christ by the thousands in those days following this event. But right here in the middle of this passage is a a statement that that goes back, it harkens back to the days of King David, when King David gave a very important statement, a very important word that I believe is so relevant for us today as all of us are continuing to uh, endeavor to run the race that God has set before us. God has given us a path, He's given us a plan, He's given us our mission statement of what we are supposed to be doing. And so on this Pentecost Sunday, I thought it'd be great for us to remind ourselves what it is that the Apostle Peter quoted King David as saying, so that we would be encouraged in the race that we're running. And today what I want to talk about is what happens when we're running the race, but we're running into the wind. In other words, we're trying to swim upstream, so to speak. 
We're, we're going against the current. We're going against the crowd. We're going against what's, what's you know, normal. We're going against what's popular. We're trying to, to do the right thing when everyone else says to do something different. And that's what this passage really is all about. So just a couple of quick thoughts from this passage, again from the words of King David, from the mouth of Apostle Peter, given from the heart of the Holy Spirit. Let's look what it says here in this passage. We're talking about the church's mission, how to run against the current, run against the wind. And the first thing we see this, and this is so encouraging because we all need to know this every single day, we will never run alone. You are never alone. Look what it says in verse 25. Uh, King David said these words, I see that the Lord is always with me. Hey, let me just ask you a question. Let's pause right here for a moment. Let me ask you a question. Is there ever a time in your life when you're running this race, running the journey that God has set before you, where you just feel like, man, I'm in this all by myself and it gets tiring? Let's be honest. Have you ever felt that way? I I know it's early, okay? Because I think probably more people would say, yes, I have felt that way than just raise their hands because you're so tired. So let me ask you that question again. Have you ever felt that you're running this race all by yourself? Absolutely we have. I feel it all the time. There are moments in my life where I feel like, man, I don't know if I can keep going because it's tiring being all by myself. This morning, I drove in to the church. I come in very early on Sunday mornings. And every Sunday morning when I drive in, it's usually somewhere around 6 o'clock or so, um, I always pass on the road that leads out of my neighborhood uh, this lady who faithfully every single Sunday morning, I I don't recall a Sunday morning where she was not out there, whether in rain or whether in snow or whatever it might be, she's always out there. And she's always out there running on the road leading from our neighborhood. And she's out there every single, and she's all by herself. And and I've always thought, man, how lonely that must be. I know that in this last 10 weeks, 11 weeks or so, uh, I've really, you know, enjoyed going out and walking in the neighborhood. And I've tried to get a group to go with me every time. I've tried to get my family to go. I've tried to, you know, wrangle them into walking with me and we'll walk the neighborhood because it's boring to exercise alone, right? Because when you're walking or running alone, you know what you're just doing? You're just exercising and that's no fun at all. But when you can do it with others, you're socializing, you're encouraging one another, you're having conversations. It's an important thing. But yet sometimes in this race that we're running, we feel as if we are all by ourselves. Let me take you back to what King David said. Again, quoted by the Apostle Peter, given by the heart of God. Here's these words. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. Do you think that might be an encouraging thing to remember sometimes when you're out there running this race and you feel all by yourself? Do you think that might be encouraging when you're out there one day when you feel like everything is falling down, everything is, is, is falling apart, you feel like you're just all by yourself? Don't you think it'll be encouraging to remember, oh, wait a minute, I remember in Acts chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit encouraged the writer to write the words of the Apostle Peter who quoted the words of the King David that said this, I will never be alone. Man, we need to make sure we remember that. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. He is always right beside me. Remember that every day when you're walking this road. Every day when things seem tough. Man, God is with us every step of the way. We are never alone. And here's the thing you've got to recognize and remember. David speaks for us all. The only problem is sometimes we don't see God with us every step of the way because we are consumed by our circumstances. 
We are consumed by the challenge or the problem that we're facing. We are consumed by the weariness that comes through running the race. But man, don't be discouraged because God is by your side no matter what. You are never alone. The second thing David reminded us us here of is this, is that joy comes in the journey. Now, you'll notice I didn't say joy comes at the end of the journey. It always does. But it says that joy comes in the journey. Go back to this passage, verse 26. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. In other words, what David is saying here is as I'm running this race, as I'm walking this thing called life, as I'm walking this journey that seems to be so difficult, I'm encouraged because the Lord is always by my side. I will not be shaken. He is with me every step of the way. And no wonder my heart is glad in this journey because there's joy in the journey. Let's be honest. Sometimes we don't see joy in the journey, right? Sometimes in the middle of the race, man, we get discouraged. And in these past 11 weeks of the season that we've been going through, this this uh, virus, this quarantine, this isolation, this, you know, lockdown, this financial calamity, all the stuff that we've been going through over the last 11 weeks. There have been many times where it's been difficult to see joy in the journey. We've all been looking forward to the day when things go back to normal. Am I right? How many of you said, man, I just can't wait till things go back to normal? Be honest. How many of you said that? You know, how many of you said it every day? Raise your hand. A lot, a lot of us have said that. Like, man, I just can't wait till things go back to normal. Now, a few weeks ago, a month or two ago, there was a time when we would say, well, yeah, but there's going to be a new normal. I've gotten to the place right now where I don't even say that anymore. When I hear somebody says, well, man, this, this is the new normal, and I actually stop them and say, no, this is not the new normal. We are going to go back to what we know is normal. We're going to get there. And whether, you know, it's tomorrow or whether it's six months from now, I believe that we are going to get back to whatever normal looks like. We're going to get back to normal because I believe, again, so often we are surrounded by and overwhelmed by the the challenges of the journey that we forget to see the joy that's in the journey. And man, I've seen a lot of joy. I told you last week, man, I've spent so much time with my family over the last 11 weeks. They're sick of me. I'm just telling, I'm just, I'm loving it. I mean, I love being around them. I love doing stuff with them, whether it's cooking or walking or, or whatever. Man, it's just, it's been absolutely awesome to spend this much time with my family. And, and listen, I know some of you are sitting there saying, well, yeah, but you don't know my family. Uh, I, I get that. But man, you think about just the, the opportunities that we've been afforded in a season and a time when we would never have been able to do that if it were not for, listen, the thing that we're going through today. There's joy in the journey. We have to take the time to actually recognize it. As David said here, no wonder my heart is glad. You see, he didn't allow himself to be overwhelmed by the situation. He allowed himself to be overwhelmed by the promise and the presence of God every step of the way. So just recognize and know, man, there's joy in the journey every single step. We worship him because his promises are absolute and they are continual. God's promises never stop. So there's joy in the journey. The third thing we see, his victory, God's victory is our victory. 
Again, King David said this, verse 27, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. David was prophesying about the fact that Jesus would come, the Messiah would come, that he would die, but God would not allow his son Jesus to to spend eternity in that grave, that he would raise him back to life. But he said in here, while I know that you're going to raise your son to life, I also know you're going to raise me back to life. Is that encouraging? Here's what it means. It means this, is no matter how bad life might be, no matter how difficult it might get, God has promised us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, I shared that verse with you. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where is that victory found? That victory is found in this strange, strange thing called death. Because victory is found in death because God has prepared a place for us after death. That's why we can use the words like celebration, rejoicing, home going when someone we love has passed away. We don't grieve as the world grieves. We don't grieve without hope. We grieve with hope. Why? Because his victory is our victory. Because he lives, we live. The next thing. The last thing that I want to share with you from this passage of King David is that the path is clear. And that's an important thing to remember. Look what it says in verse 28. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. You have shown me the way of life. Let's be honest. There are times when we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know where to go. We don't know what tomorrow looks like. We're left with this, this decision that we have to make. Like, how am I going to make it through this? I don't know what to do. Man, I've been there a thousand times. I mean, I don't don't know the right decision. I don't know what to do. But God's word is very, very clear here when it says, is that God shows us the way of life. How does he do that? God's word lays out the roadmap for us. It shows us how we're to live. The more time we spend in God's word, the easier the race will be for us as we run it. Because we will know not what humans know. We will know what God knows knows. We will see what God says. We will go the direction that God says to go, and the path will be clear. Will there still be hurdles? You bet. Will there still be challenges? Absolutely. But God promises to bring us through in victory. Why? Because God gave His Son as the ultimate hope. In verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, it says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and and Messiah, to be the beginning and the end, to be the hope that we need. And so right now, whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching by television or online, hope in Jesus is the only hope that there is. Don't look to anywhere else or to anyone else for hope. It's only found in Christ. Christ died and he rose again so that we might have life in his name by believing in him. And so right now, if you've never come to the place in your life where you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, where you've seen that path that He has laid out for us, God's Word is clear in Romans chapter 10 that if we believe that Jesus died and that He rose again, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter quotes that in Acts chapter 2. We will be saved. And so right now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just encourage you to pray this prayer with me you've never met him, you can meet him today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. And I thank you that Christ died for me. I believe that Jesus is your son. 
I believe that he rose again. Forgive me of my sins today and help me to live for you for the rest of my life as you give me the power to do it. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to email me at pastor at trbc.org. For those of you who are in the room, our pastors will be gathered here right after the service. We would love to talk with you to encourage you in this great hope that we have found in Jesus. Now listen, we've done this the last few weeks and we want to do it again today. We want to end our time together worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you know why? Here's why. Because the race is tough. We're running into the wind. We're swimming upstream. The broad way leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to life. And my friends, let me just tell you, that road, that easy road, that road that leads to life is found in the heart and in the hands of Jesus alone.
Thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.